0: Well, good morning everyone. Hope you're having a good Sunday morning, Lord's Day. We're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy this morning. Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We're going to look at this uh, last book of Moses. Moses is giving credit to writing the Pentateuch for the first five books of the Bible. And the book of Deuteronomy primarily is for Moses to give instruction to the children of Israel as they're preparing for the blessing God is about to give them. Moses is not going to be able to go into the promised land. But he's preparing them for that, telling them things they need to remember, things they need to do. I tell you, I I really do like Deuteronomy. It's not a book that everyone runs to, but it's, it's got a lot of great things in it. Chapter number 4 of Deuteronomy, I believe it's verse 29, talks about if we'll seek the Lord, our God, we'll find Him if we'll seek Him with our whole heart and all of our soul. Of course, Deuteronomy 6 is what a wonderful passage, especially the first uh, nine verses are great for discipleship and working with people and sharing your faith and helping them to grow in Christ. Uh, But also for parents, uh, it's a great encouragement and command, I say, Uh, to the parents about teaching them, teaching them about God and the faithfulness of God. Uh, Of course, chapter 8, I'm kind of personally attached to that. Chapter 8, verse number 3, was my father-in-law's life verse. He pastored for many years. And uh, it's a verse, actually, Jesus quotes again over in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, when he's tempted of Satan. And it says in Deuteronomy 8, 3, it says, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. And fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of the Lord, doth man live. But This morning we're going to be in chapter number 7. We're going to read a few verses here. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 6. We're going to read verses 6 down through 11. And uh, then we'll pray and we'll look at this passage this morning. Uh, it says, In Moses speaking uh, from God to the children of Israel. And it says in verse number 6 of chapter 7, it says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, And because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of Bauman from the hand of Pharaoh. Verse 9 is our text today. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. We'll stop there. Father as we come to you this morning I pray Lord as we have celebrated and talked a little bit about our country and how we're thankful for it Lord I do love my country but Lord help me never to love my country anywhere close that I love the God that has given us the freedoms that we can enjoy in this country Lord I thank you for your love I thank you for all you do for us thank you for your son Jesus Christ who provided salvation And God, as we're going to study this morning, thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I pray you take your word, speak through it. And Lord, as I ask you, that you might work in me and on me, so that you might work through me. Thank you for being such a great God. May we make much of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. We're going to get into the passage in a moment. And I don't mean for it to be a topical message at all. I believe there's something definitely here for Moses and from God. Uh, to the children of Israel for them to know but I think it's something for us as well but I want to start you off with a question how well do you know the God that you say you believe in how well do you know him the God to whom you've entrusted your eternal life if you're here as a believer the God to whom when you have a need you go to him how well do you know the God of the Bible the one that we even say that we're here to worship today that we've got through singing about the ones that we prayed to the one that we're going to read about here and talk about. How well do you know Him? Can I tell you, most people don't know Him very well. And the reason that's so evident is the way that they live and then what they say they believe about Him are often two very different things. Can I tell you, people will tell you what they believe about God but then not live like what they say they believe about God. They'll say one thing in this room but Monday through Saturday will live a totally different way. Let's, let's not even be that generous We can live a different way when we walk out the door here for lunch here in just a few moments. So what's your image of God, this God that you believe in? What do you think He requires if you're a believer? What do you think He requires as a result of you trusting in Him and believing on Him? And there are many qualities of God. But I want you to know something when you leave here this morning. The main point of the message is this. That God is a faithful God. i like to read the beginning of verse 9 again. He says here, no. I have that underlined in my Bible, No. therefore the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God. I have underlined in my Bible, Know, the faithful God. Know, the faithful God. It means that He will do what He says He will do. He will do it uh, when He says He will do it, how He says He will do it, with no exception. He is God. And the point of the message this morning, if the title if you like to have it that way, is Our faithful God. What does it mean to be faithful? It means to be reliable. It means that He'll always uh, do what He says He'll do, how He says it, when He says it. And if you're a follower of Christ and I say that our God is faithful, that's wonderful. That ought to be joy in your heart, joy in your mind, to know that God is faithful to do what He says, when He says it, how He says it. But if you're here and you're lost, or you're here as a believer and you're living in sin, You ought to get on your face right now while you have opportunity and ask God to forgive you, to save you if you're not saved, to clean up your life, if you're a believer, to help prepare you to meet Him. Because He's not going to change to suit you. He is the unchangeable God. He is the God of Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. He's the same God throughout all 66 books of the Bible. And He's the God of the last chapter, chapter 22 of Revelation. He's the God that will all stand before and give account for our lives. Hebrews 9.27 It is appointed unto man once to die but after this the judgment. I know many of you have a life verse. I have a life verse as well. Romans 21 is my, my life verse. But when I felt God leading me into the ministry I knew that with ministry came opportunity but also came responsibility. So I wanted to adopt a ministry verse. One that I can cling to in moments of trial and moments of joy and moments that I probably just need to be more accountable this Romans 14 12 so then every one of us should give account of himself to God get this this morning God is this inescapable awesome loving God who also calls for judgment to give account of the way that we live our lives can I tell you God has blessed me in so many ways God's given me a wife can I tell you I'm going to give account to God of how I love treat and more importantly and I think that goes with this how do I prepare Rachel for the day that she stands before God? God's given me parents. I'll give account in the way that I treat, love, honor, and respect my parents even now as an adult if you have a job how you are to that boss, how you are to the employees, how you are to those people around you if you have kids children are a heritage of the Lord they're a blessing. We like to joke that sometimes there are positive blessings and negative blessings. But to understand that I'll give account to God one day for how I raise my children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, for my friends, the opportunities I have in ministering to people. Hey, in this church, I, I don't know if you know this or not. I take it very serious and it's a very humbling thought and a very gracious thought is that God is faithful, but that also means I'm going to give account of every sermon, every word that I do standing here in this church. I'll give account for that. But can I tell you, most people have a different kind of God. Maybe you're one of them. Maybe you think that they can live any way that you want, and when you get in trouble, God's just over there in the corner ready to bail you out. Or maybe you think to yourself, God doesn't pay too much attention to sin or disobedience. Well, unless it's Murder, or some something really bad or something really gross. So God just overlooks our failures. God just overlooks our sin. Can I tell you this morning from the word of God that God does not overlook sin? Numbers chapter 32 verse 23 says, Be sure your sin will find you out. That means there's no such thing as secret sin that God doesn't know about. We're going to be hitting it soon in uh, Sunday school. We're in the book of Galatians. We're getting close to the fruit of the Spirit But in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. God in His faithfulness not only blesses us with His best, but God also confronts us with our worst. Let me ask you a question. When you think about your God, what kind of God do you have? When it says that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God. Though Is He the one true God? Is He reliable? Do you know Him personally? Are you close to Him? Or does He feel like He's far away? Can I tell you, for most people, including believers, God feels far away, and they're alright with that. Because they feel like if they need Him, they'll call on Him. If you ask someone, uh, could you describe God? Sometimes I, I get the response, well, God's too big to describe can I tell you the reason that people can't describe God is because they don't know Him I can tell you a whole lot about my wife I can tell you a lot about my children and what I can tell you about them is because I spent time with them I've studied them I've been through good I've been through bad I've listened to them talk they've heard me talk I've seen how they respond but people can't describe God because they don't know Him They just feel like God's somebody out there they can just call on when they're in trouble and they hope everything works out. But can I tell you that view of God is unbiblical. But i also tell you this, everyone today has a God. If you're here and you're lost, you have a God that you're following. There's a God that is something that you're trusting in. Can I tell you, if you're here today as a believer, you can live your life in such a way that the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings is not your God because you're trusting and following something else. But do you have, do you know, do you worship, do you talk with, do you obey the one true God? Because listen, all other gods are false gods. Amen? If we didn't have the Bible, you could probably think anything you want about God. But the Bible is very clear about who God is and what He is. He is the faithful God. And when I say He is the faithful God... What should that mean to us? A couple things I want you to write down here if you can. Uh, we won't dive too much into them because I have some, something else, an outline I want to share with you. But when I say our God is faithful, that means three things. The first thing it means this Our God is faithful, number one, is He will always do what He says and will fulfill every promise. He will always do what He says. And will fulfill every promise. And as a believer in trying times, that is something you cling to when you're living faithfully. But can I tell you as a Christian that gets away from God like I do at times, that also is a frightening thing. That God will always do what he says and will fulfill every promise. Secondly is this, our faithful God never forgets, never falters, and never fails to keep his word. He never forgets, never falters, never fails to keep His word. Never, never, never will God cease to be faithful in this way. Number three. Our faithful God is reliable, trustworthy, unfailing, constant, and steadfast. Our faithful God is reliable, trustworthy, unfailing, constant, and steadfast. So when I say these three things, that he'll always do what he says and fulfill every promise. When I say that he'll never, never, never forget, fail, or falter to keep his word. When I say he's reliable, trustworthy, unfailing, constant, and steadfast. Can I tell you, if this is not your God, you have the wrong one. Because this is the kind of God I want to serve. Think about it. God is who He is all the time. He never changes. He's always the same. He's unchangeable. Nobody else can say that. If God could change, we couldn't trust Him. Now, the meat of the message that I want you to see here and understanding, there are lots of attributes about God. Are a lot of characteristics about God. But I want to give you here some things this morning that what are some of the attributes or characteristics of our faithful God. What are some attributes or characteristics of our faithful God? And and especially these first three, you're going to probably have heard them before, but I believe it's important for us to explain them, to go over them. But here are some attributes and characteristics of our faithful God. Number one, omniscient. Our faithful God is omniscient. Omni is the word that means all. Uh, Shunt, meaning knowing. It means this. Omniscient means he knows all things past, present, and future. Our faithful God knows all things past, present, and future. God never says, oops, I'm sorry, I forgot. He knows everything about everything. Listen, when people choose to continue in sin and try to cover it up, they need to remember, you need to remember, I need to remember that God is all-knowing. It even says in one portion of Scripture that God even knows the hairs on our head. I know for some people, that's not a big challenge. Sorry, that's just a joke. But saying God is all-knowing, that's wonderful when we're living a godly life. But when we sin, when we choose to blind ourselves, we need to remember that God is all-knowing. Hey, I want God to be omniscient, don't you? I want God to know everything that's going on. Because if you don't want God to know everything that's going on in your life, it's probably because you're in sin or disobedience. Remember, you can't hide anything from God. He's omniscient and He's faithful in it. So we see, number one, God is omniscient. He knows all things. Number two, God is omnipotent. Omnipotent. That means this. He has all power to do all things. Can I tell you, we need God to be omnipotent and faithful in it. We need His power in our lives. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17. I know we're going through Colossians on Sunday nights. And I believe Micah is going to probably hit this passage or Jeremy the next week. Colossians 1.17 says, And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. That's why we come to God when we're in trouble, we're confused, we need direction, we need comfort, because we know He's able to deal with any situation we have. See, we can't say God's faithful if He has to change to meet all of my desires and all my whims. God is faithful because He's all-knowing and because He's all-powerful and He's able to deal with every situation. Can I tell you something? If God isn't all-knowing, if God isn't all-powerful, He's not adequate enough to be God. Think about it. As you know Him personally, let me ask you, is He a God that you trust all the time? Well, I may trust God when it's time to go to church. I may trust God when it's time to sleep. I may trust God a little bit with this situation here or there. But are you trusting God with your financial situation? Are you trusting God uh, with your health need? Are you trusting God in whatever it may be in your life? Do you trust Him all the time in all things? Or do you believe that God forgets? Do you believe that He's been unfair to you? Do you wonder why He treats you a certain way? Do you believe that your God is a faithful God? That He's always the same? Can I tell you, we change and we change things, but God does not. You know why we start questioning God? Because He doesn't change to meet our change. Let me tell you, He's being the God He says He's going to be. He's faithful. Faithfulness means He can always be dependent upon to do what He says He'll do, when He says He'll do it, and how He says He'll do it. So, God is omnipotent. God is all powerful to do all things. God is omniscient. He knows all things about everything. And then, thirdly, God is omnipresent. Watch this. Saved or lost, righteous or in sin, saints or wicked, are all in the presence of God. Whether you're saved, whether you're lost, whether you're living in sin, or we're living righteously, we are all in the presence of God and this is part of his faithfulness thank God there's no place you can go without him I believe it's the psalmist David it says in Psalm 139 I believe verse number 8 he says if I ascend up into heaven thou art there and if I make my bed in hell behold thou art there remember Jonah we studied him a little over a year ago remember our series through Jonah I love taking time going through that Jonah was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. God told him to go down to to uh, Nineveh, or excuse me, go to Nineveh to preach to that city. And because of his fear, and honestly because of his patriotism, more for the people of God than actually his loyalty to God, says he went down uh, unto Tarshish. Uh, excuse me, he went down to Joppa to flee into Tarshish. And was it saying verse number three? He was fleeing from the presence of God. He thought he could escape God's presence but can I tell you by the end when he's in the belly of that well and he cries out to God I bet he's pretty much glad that God's presence is there too you know what affects your attitude your emotion about me telling you that you're in the presence of God you know what affects that about the presence of God it's your lifestyle it's the way you're living can I tell you if you're living in sin he's there if you're struggling right now he's there If you're living a pleasing life to God, He's there. But speaking about living in sin, let me ask you a question. Are there times this week that you wish that God wasn't there? Because of what you were doing, what you were thinking, what you were uh, saying? Were there times this week that you wish He wasn't omniscient, He didn't know all things? Listen, you cannot breathe one breath Outside of the presence of God. But people think they're hiding sin. I mean, how do you hide sin in the light of Almighty God? The devil will feed you a lie that nobody sees, nobody hears, and no one will know. And can I tell you, the next time you get tempted thinking nobody will know, remember he knows all, and all is in his presence. By the way, where do you want to be? I'm just throwing this out, this a little extra here. We are all in the presence of God. But where do you want to be when you're in the presence of God physically, when you see Him, when you actually see Him for where He is and who He is? What do you want to be doing? That may be when He returns. It may be when you leave this, leave this life. Where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? Hopefully it's in obedience to Him. Hopefully it's in glorifying Him. See, we want God to have these characteristics. See, that's the God for every trial, the God of every heartache, the God of every burden. And that's what He promises, to be here for His people. That's why one of my favorite hymns that we sing is, Great is Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. God is omnipresent. Fourthly, we see, our faithful God is truthful. And I mean truthful about everything. If you want to know the God Excuse me, the truth about God, you've got to go to the Word of God. Don't trust man's opinions, don't trust your own feelings. Others may lis- mislead you, but God never will. He will always point you in the right way, lead you in the right way. And this is why He wants us to study His Word. We learn about God, the truth of God, about God, about His Word, in His Word. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. There's not a single aspect of life that God hasn't covered in His Word. Any situation in life, He's there with truth, He's there with direction. Whether you're in trial, temptation, or conviction, God is there with truth. See, conviction is when God uses the Holy Spirit to impress upon our heart when we sin. You may be here and say, well, I don't want that kind of God. I don't want whenever I do something that he doesn't like to impress upon my heart to, 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 to convict me. Can I tell you? It doesn't really matter what you want. If you're a believer, he's the same. He's the same faithful God to everybody. Why would he do that? Because he loves us. Remember, God never guilts. God convicts with a desire to reconcile. Satan's the only one that's ever going to make you feel guilty of yourself. God loves you and he desires and wants to provide for whenever we are going through things and to take our pain and our suffering for our good that is his faithful God that we serve so when you think about God who is the God you pray to is he omniscient is he all knowing is he all powerful is he omnipresent is he truthful who is your God let me ask you are you really talking to God when you pray or are you just saying words I think a lot of people just say words He's faithful, and He loves us beyond our comprehension. Can I tell you, if you're here this morning and you don't know our faithful God, you don't have a relationship with Him, can I tell you, the greatest expression of His love is the crucifixion, the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ, and the shedding of His blood that makes our forgiveness, that makes our salvation, that makes our relationship with Him possible. And that is the truth of the Word of God. That is the truth of our faithful God. That He desires to have a relationship restored with you. The last point, number five, is God is unchanging. Our faithful God is unchanging. Can I just say this? If He's perfection, how could He change? How would or how could He change and still be God? Could He have less power? Could He have less knowledge? Could we be in His presence less? Could He be less truthful? Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. Thank God He doesn't change. That means every time we kneel before Him in prayer, we don't have to worry if He's changed His mind. We don't have to worry if He's asleep. He's unchanging in His purpose. He's unchanging in His promises. We can have confidence when we come to Him every time that He's always the same. But here's the truth. We're not always the same. Nobody can say, I'm always the same. (laughs) That's a joke. We're too human to not always be the same. Or excuse me, we're too human to always be the same. Think of this. This God that you believe in, this God that you trust on, that you pray to, that you cry out to, is always the same. If you're here as a believer and you're taking your last breath on this earth, you can rest in a faithful God that has not changed his mind about your soul's eternity. But if you're here as a lost person, a person without Christ, may I warn you that the faithful God, at the same time when you're taking your last breath, if you die without Christ, He has not changed His mind about what it means to come to Him and live in eternity with Him. Thank God He never changes. I mean, how could you change perfection? He never changes when we come and ask Him for grace, mercy, wisdom, guidance, and power. Now we need to remember, He's not always going to give us what we ask for, especially when we're living in sin. But he's an unchanging God. I had a lot of verses here that I wanted to share with you, wanted to read, but we won't take the time today for that. But I encourage you to write them down. Maybe it'd be a help to you. But these are some verses based on God never changes, and based on our God is faithful. Can I give you some verses maybe you could just cling to and help you in the time? Basis of never changing our faithful God. Psalm 56, verse 3, 4, and 11. Psalm 36, 5. Psalm 62, verse 8. Psalm 119, verse number 90. We've already went over Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which means I can fully enjoy, trust trust God, my Father but let me give you one that you probably know the verse but it's a very sweet passage that we don't go to a lot. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 through 25 in the middle of that I believe it's verse 23 it says great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me and in conclusion today when you think about your God how does he match up with what we just talked about With being all-knowing. With being all-powerful. About ever being in His presence. About being all-truth. About never changing. How does does your God match up with that? Because I didn't make this up. I just told you what God says about Himself. And does your view of God match that? Does your view of God match a God that's all-knowing, all-powerful, in His presence, truthful, unchanging... And unconditionally loves you. And He proved that by the act of the cross. He's our faithful God. And I hope that He is yours too.